All right, we're going to continue in our stewardship series. Actually, we're going, to, we're going to be finishing off our series this evening, so I hope you came to take some notes. Uh, be ready to take some notes, because there's a lot of things that we're going to be going over tonight, and so I don't want you to miss out. Um, we've had a great series this month on stewardship, talking about, uh, talking about stewardship of family, uh, stewardship of time, uh, what's biblical stewardship means, how to, uh, how to apply that into our lives, and how to be successful in stewardship. How many of you want to be successful in stewardship this evening? I don't know about you, but I want to be successful, amen? In all the things that I do, I want to be successful. As long as it's not, you know, trying to, trying to, 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 uh, 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 Grab the things of the world, amen. I want to I be successful in, in pursuing God, amen, and his righteousness and all that he has for me, all the great blessings that God has for you. God wants you to be successful, amen, um, in pursuing those things in your lives. We know that God gives us the amazing opportunity to be managers, Managers of various resources in our lives, such as relationships, as we discussed earlier this month, with our time. I mean, know that our time is precious, isn't it? Yes? You believe that? Time is precious. You can't get it back. We want to be successful in the resources that God has enabled us to be managers over is in regards to Areas like our giftings and abilities, our bodies. I mean, you know that God has made us managers over our bodies. This is on loan. This is not yours to keep. Did you know that? God has entrusted these bodies to us, and the list goes on. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the law of giving. Stewardship of finances. The law of giving is simply this, is you get what you give. The Bible, the Bible talks about sowing and reaping. And this principle, giving is an important part of yours and mine's spiritual growth. It's very key. Giving, why? Because giving makes room in our lives for God. The opportunity to experience his blessings in our lives. The only way you're going to experience that is by giving forth room, like I said, by giving. We do this, and this is the law of giving. Tonight, I want to talk about, the, about giving in the aspect of our finances. And the first step in becoming successful stewards of our finances is understanding who everything truly belongs to. If you think that everything that you have belongs to you, then you are sadly misled. You see, we don't own anything because we don't take anything with us. Paul writes this in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 7, and he says, For we brought nothing, say that with me, nothing, we brought nothing into the world. Isn't that true? How many of you came with, 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 uh, with bags when you, when you were born? <laughs> you had luggage already. 
<laughs> he says, for we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing, say nothing. nothing. We can take nothing out of it. Job writes this in Job 121. He says, I was born with nothing, and I will die with nothing. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, says this in Ecclesiastes 5.15. He says, we leave this world just as we entered it, with, in spite of all our work, Solomon says, there is, we can take with us. Paul, Job, and Solomon all come to the same conclusion that they came to this earth with nothing. And it's exactly the same way they're going to be leaving this earth. And so how we can view things as ours, you see how that makes absolutely no sense. Because it is not ours. If it was ours, we would get to take it with us. But we take nothing. So we need to come to the understanding, if you want to be successful in stewardship, you have to come to the understanding that everything, everything belongs to God. We titled this series, Property of Question Mark, Question Mark. Because I want you guys to answer that. Whose property is it? Do you really think that it is yours? And this is what we've come to to uh, uh, enlighten you on the understanding of whose it truly is. And there is great blessings as we're going to get into having that understanding that everything is God's. Matthew records Jesus' words in Matthew 6.19, and he says this. He says, don't hoard treasure down here where it gets eaten by moths and corroded by rust, or worse, stolen by burglars. Instead, Jesus says, stockpile treasure in heaven, where it's safe from moth and rust and burglars. Look at what Jesus calls the rich man in Luke 12, 21. He says, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. See, Jesus says, don't allow your earthly pursuits to lead you to forsaking God, to lead you to forsaking a relationship with him. Why? Because that is where true riches lie. You might be thinking, well, if I have this and if I have that, then I, will, then I will be good. But the Bible says, no, if you want to be truly rich, if you want to, if you want to have exactly what you need, seek a relationship with God. Then and only then will you truly be rich. Because if you only seek the earthly material things, you will be sadly disappointed. Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19. I want you to take notes. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19. 
Paul writes, your own body, your own body does not belong to you. <laughs> he says, for God has bought you with a great price. So use every part of your body to give glory back to God because he owns it. Say, everything belongs to God. Say it again. Everything belongs to God. I hope you believe that tonight. And I hope you live like that. See, God, with his loving nature, wants to give each and every one of us the opportunity to experience true blessings. How? Through the law of giving. We're going to experience God's true blessings as we, as the people, give. Why? Because we make more room for God. We make room for his blessings now to, to, to occupy our lives. The Bible says that, that if, you, if you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. But if you sow bountifully, what are you going to reap? Bountifully. You get what you give. Our series verse found in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. 1 Peter 4.10 says this, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. God has given each and every one of us gifts he has contrary to your thinking on however you're feeling that day or what's taking place in your life God has given you a gift and he says that gift is not just for you but it's to serve one another God says I need you to share say sharing is caring <laughs> you need to share that which God has given as entrusted to you Once we come to the understanding that everything belongs to God, that he is the owner, then and only then, you're going to want this. Can you be free from things like worry? How many of you want to be free from worry? How many of you want to be free from stress? How many of you want to be free from fear? See, the sooner that you start to understand that everything belongs to God, the sooner you can be freed from these things. Because when you start worrying about your finances, guess what? What you're saying is, God, I don't trust you. God, I have a situation going on here with my money. And God says, well, here's the problem, is that it's not your money. It is my money. Why are you worrying about my money? Why are you stressing about my finances that I have entrusted to you? You shouldn't be stressing about that. See, but this is what God wants to free us from, church. The enemy wants you to think the opposite, that it is your money, and that you need to make more. And that you need, to, you need to do this and do that in order to be satisfied. 
And God says, what is the problem here? You're getting all worked up over things that belong to me. Let me handle these things in your life. How many of you got, want God to handle these, these areas in your life? <laughs> a story is told of, a, of an older lady who was determined to be prepared if someday she felt threatened. One day as she was coming out of the shopping mall and going to her car, she saw four men in her car and she immediately dropped her bags, pulled out her, pulled out her, her handgun and said, get out of my car right now. The four men ran from the car. Little old lady was was all shaky because of what took place. She put her key in the ignition and it wouldn't start. Little did she know that her car was a few aisles, was a few uh, uh, spots away, that it looked just like that same car. That little old lady, she went to her car, put the bags in her car, and she said, you know I'm going to do the right thing. So she heads over to the police station. She goes to see the desk sergeant and tells the desk sergeant what took place. The desk sergeant almost fell off his chair in laughter. You see, there were four guys in the police station that were scared out of their minds because they got, they got robbed by a little old lady under five feet tall with a handgun. The story goes on that no files, that, 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 that no, uh, no charges were filed. <laughs> you see, what took place there? She thought it was her car. She thought it was her car, but it actually belonged to someone else. She tried stealing what wasn't even hers, thinking it was. Sometimes, as I mentioned earlier, we get all bent out of shape trying to keep and trying to defend what we think is ours. It's mine. You can't take this from me. It belongs to me. Sadly, you see many families torn apart because of finances. That inheritance belongs to me. It's not yours. It's sad what money things cause in families. It truly is. And we try to keep these things and we try to defend it, but it really belongs to God in the first place. You see, we're getting all worked up over nothing. God wants you and I to live without worrying, without stressing, without fearing for your finances. I believe that this is the abundant life that he seeks for you and I to live, isn't it? It sounds like it. No worry, no stress, and no fear. That sounds like true living to me. Because there's many, there's many hours that I have spent worrying and stressing. Many hours. I probably can't even count them. getting all worked up over something that isn't even mine to begin with.
Let me ask you this question tonight. Do you think a renter worries about the house they're living in? Say, plumbing issues, maybe the roof is leaking. Do you think they worry about these things? <laughs> no, they don't. Why? Because all it takes is a simple phone call. Hey, look, this is what's taking place here. You need to get it fixed. Does that sound familiar? I've done it many times. <laughs> I've made those phone calls. Hey, this is what's happening. Send someone to fix the issue. You don't have to stress about it. There's no money out of your pocket. You don't have to worry about, about when, you know, like uh, all these logistics of, of, of the repairs of the issue. You go on with your life. Why? Because it's the owner's responsibility. Isn't that how God wants us to be with him? Isn't it? The Bible says he does. He says, cast your cares upon me. Doesn't he say that? He doesn't say, he doesn't say I, don't want, I don't want any of your cares. I have enough. <laughs> like, do you, do you, you don't even know what so-and-so is going through, and you want me to take yours too? Are you out of your mind? I don't got time for this. God doesn't say that. God in his love and in his grace and in his mercy it says, cast your cares upon me. What is, it that you're, what is it that's troubling you, son, daughter? What is it in your life? Give it to me. Because it's not yours to begin with. It's not yours to be carrying. Isn't that what God's word says? Yes or no? All right, some of you know God's word. The rest of you, start reading. You're going you're gonna to see yourself... You're going to see things changing in your life. We start to read God's word and, 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 and uh, just understand who God is. <laughs> How much he cares for you. How we tend to spin our wheels on things that really, really are not our things to be concerned with to begin with. Give it to God. Give it to God. God, this is what's taking place in my life. I'm making a phone call right now, God. God, you need to handle this situation. God says, I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm glad that you came to me. Why? Because I can do something about it. I'm glad you didn't call so-and-so. I'm glad you didn't turn to such-and-such. -such. I'm glad you came to me. See, not only does the renter or AKA steward have the benefit of not worrying or stressing or fearing, but they are rewarded for taking good care of the owner's property. They're rewarded. What's one area where you can be rewarded? How about trust? Trust. You can't buy trust, can you? Anyone selling trust here? <laughs> Can't buy it. You have to earn that. Don't you? You got to earn trust. 
You have to prove yourself to be trustworthy in order to be trusted. You can't just go up to and say, you, you can't just go up to someone and say, hey, loan me $20,000, you can trust me. <laughs> They'll say, you're out of your mind. I don't even know you. See, when the owner trusts you, he'll let you do things that others weren't able to do. You know, for instance, a renter. You know, if, if the owner trusts you because you've, you've earned that trust, you know, you can, you can do things that you couldn't do before. You know, you could, you could hang a TV on the wall now. I remember renting a house, and, 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 and the owner told me, listen, I don't want anything bigger than a small little nail going in these walls. And I was like, well, how am I going to hang my TV? <laughs> when you've earned that trust, you can, you can, you can maybe paint the rooms whatever, you, however, whatever color you want to paint them. You can do things, why? Because they trust you. You've earned their trust. What does Jesus say that the master will do for the one that he trusts? Matthew 25, verse 29 says this, For the man who uses well what he is given, he shall be given more. Mm. The one who can be trusted gets what? More. And he shall have abundance. It says it even twice. It goes even further, I would say. Because it says, he shall be given more, and he shall have abundance. What does abundance mean? That's, to me, like an overflowing. More than enough. Do you want to be someone that can be trusted? Can God trust you in the area of, of finances and giving? God says, I'm looking for someone that I can trust because I want to bless them. That's what his word says. He says, he says, for the man who uses well what he is given, he shall be given more and he shall have abundance. Malachi 3 verse 8. The Bible says this, and it says, will, man, will a man rob God? It says, yet you are robbing me, but you say, how have we robbed you? He says, in your tithes and contributions. See, the word tithe, by the way, means tenth in Hebrew. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, don't rob God. I'll make this side note before we go any further. Is I don't want us to be using God's name like the boogeyman. <laughs> like, if you, do, if, if you don't do this, then God's going to get you in your sleep. <laughs> if you don't give, God's going to do this. Because I'll tell you right now, I know that God is not okay with anyone using his name to scare people. I know he's not okay with that because I, I know who God is. He's so full of love, so full of mercy. So let's make sure that we don't use God's name to scare others into doing things like, say, giving. Allow God's love to do that. Why? Because God's love is greater than fear. Mm. That's what drew you and I to him was his love. It wasn't fear. It was his love. It was that in your sin, God still loved you. And guess what? It drew you to him. God's love is greater than fear. Remember this, too, that scaring leads to scarring. So don't do that. 
You try to scare someone, believe me, they, they live with that. I remember when I was, when I was six years old and, and, and I was so scared to give. You know, people hold on to these kind of things. Why? Because scaring leads to scarring. So in this verse, what do you think that we are robbing God of? So I don't believe that God set tithing in place simply to support his work. Why? Because God can use anything for that. God can use a bird. God can use a rock. He can use anything to support his work. So what makes you think that he set tithing in place in order to make sure that his work continues? I don't believe that that's what God meant. I don't believe that he's talking about money when he says that they were robbing him of. Let's read on, Malachi 3.9. says, because you have held back tithe and offering, you are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. See, I don't believe what God is talking about when it comes to robbing him. I don't believe he's talking about robbing him of money. I don't believe he, because God doesn't need our money. Let's get this straight. He doesn't need our money in order for his kingdom business to keep moving. I believe what God's saying is this. What you're robbing me of is the opportunity to bless your life. You're robbing me because I want to bless you. I want to pour into your life all these great blessings. And you've just robbed me by holding back, by not giving that which I have asked you to give, you've just robbed me of the opportunity to bless your life. Church, it falls right in line with the law of giving. You get what you give. When it comes to tithing, individuals might say, well, that's Old Testament. Well, no, that's a heart issue. If someone uses the excuse of, no, we're not required to do that anymore, we're not required to give? Since when is God people, when is God's people not required to give? God is a giver. He requires us to be givers. And I believe that when someone comes to that, to that mindset of saying, no, I don't need to do this anymore, now we're looking at the heart. Now we're looking at what is really going on. Like I said, you're robbing God of the opportunity to bless your life. He says in his word, he says this, he says, bring the tithe. He says, and see if I will not, check this out, open the windows of heaven for you. How many of you want God's to open up the windows of heaven in your life? For anything, anything. And he says, and pour down for you a blessing 
until there is no more need. There's also a part of this verse that I want to bring out to you where it says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. You see, God uses you and I to support and meet the needs in God's house. He uses you and I. That's a blessing to be used by God. Why? Because when God uses you, you're not left feeling like you have nothing left. When God uses you, he leaves you better than how he found you. This is the God that I serve. This is, this is what God has done in my life as I've served in his house. He always gives me more than enough in the end. And God uses you and I. He uses our finances to meet the needs here in the church. This church has many needs. Many needs. You think everything's free in here? No, it's not. Things cost money. A building of this size, I can't imagine all the cost. I don't think Pastor wants to even think about the cost right now while he's hearing this sermon. <laughs> but there's many needs here. The awesome thing is that God uses you and I to meet those needs. That's a blessed thing. And guess what? Through your giving, through your support of God's work, what you're doing is you're making more room for God's blessing in your life. You're making more room in your life for the blessings of God to come in. This isn't a message of forcing anyone to give, so please don't misconstrue the message. It says, not forcing all I'm sharing with you is allow God to bless your life by practicing this principle of giving in your life. It needs to be demonstrated. Jesus' words are quoted here in Acts 20, verse 35, and he says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Who did Jesus say was more blessed? The giver. Not the recipient. Jesus says, the one who's more blessed is the giver. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows generously, that blessings may come to others, will also reap generously and be blessed. Luke 6:38 says give and you will receive. The law of giving. Receive what? Money? <laughs> so let me get this straight. So in other words, you give money to get money? That doesn't even make any sense. I'll tell you right now, if you want to save money, the best way is a savings account. <laughs> Giving is not about getting money back. Giving happens here. God says this is the principle of giving. We don't give to get money back. 
Jesus isn't talking about getting more money. He's talking about you and I experiencing the true blessings that can only come from God. And that come through the act of giving. And this act of giving here starts in the heart. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7 says, Each one must give as he has decided in his heart. Paul says, you give what you decided. Don't feel forced. Don't give grudgingly. The Bible says to give with a cheerful heart, right? He wants a cheerful giver. When that offering basket comes around and you're upset to put money in, don't even give. God wants you to give with a cheerful heart. You give because you want to give. You give because you want to practice this principle of giving in your life. As God has given to you, he only gave his one and only son for you. That's all he gave. That's all he gave to you. He says, and I call you now to be a giver. As I have given to you and I continue to give, I need you, I need you to practice this principle of giving in your life. Because you're going to see true blessings. Don't rob me from blessing you, God says. Don't rob me of that. I want this opportunity. I want you to see what takes place in your life when you release, when you give. Luke eleven forty two says, but woe to you Pharisees. Jesus says, but woe to you Pharisees, for though you are careful to tithe even the smallest part of your income, you completely forget about justice and the love of God. He says, you should tithe, yes, but you should not leave these other things undone. Jesus says, let's focus here on what really matters. See, what God is really concerned about is not the money, it's our hearts. He wants our hearts. Deuteronomy 8, 8 18 says, remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. We need to always understand who the true giver is, who everything belongs to in our lives. Don't ever forget that important aspect of being a steward, that everything you have belongs to God. Everything. Everything you are able to do is because of him. Everything you're able to provide to your loved ones and in your own life is because he has allowed you and enabled you to do so. You don't ever forget the true giver. I 
as our worship team comes forward this evening, we honor God as we give. We honor him. You teach your children how to give. Teach them. Let them see you giving. I know the Bible says that when you give to the needy, don't boast about it and don't make mention of it. But this is different. You tell your children. You show them how to give. You demonstrate to them in your own life. Don't just preach it. Live it. Live to them what a giver looks like. That you don't just give when you, when you feel that you have enough to give from. Because that's not the right attitude in giving. The right attitude in giving is, is releasing to God. God, Lord, I don't ever want this. I don't ever want these finances to take hold of my heart. I don't ever want to put these things before you. Lord, help me to always put things into in the right perspective, into the right order in my life. For you are the giver, and you have more than enough. We can't outgive you, God. Did you know that? You can't outgive God. It doesn't matter if you sold everything right now that is under your name. If you emptied your bank account and gave it, just gave it elsewhere, you can't outgive God. You can't do it. Why? Because He's just going to keep blessing you. As you give more, guess what? God gives even more to you. And you say, oh, you know what? I'm going to test God in this. I'm going to give even more. And God says, you're not going to outgive me. I'm going to just keep giving you more. That's who I am. Do you understand this, son and daughter? What do you do for your, for your child when they give? What do you do? You want to give to them, don't you? When you see your child give to someone else, when you see your child buy a present for one of their friends, what do you do? You want to bless them, don't you? Why? Because you love them. Why? Because you want them to continue to be a giver. Because you want them to understand that there are rewards when you give. God wants you adults to know the same thing here. He wants you grown-ups to understand this same principle. <laughs> that there's rewards to being a giver. In my life, in my life, I've always, always have seen that the givers always have. They always have. Think about it in your life, those givers. Think about those individuals who would always give, they would give you the shirt off of their back. They always have. They always have. You don't see them begging for stuff. You don't. Why? Because they give, and because they give, they get. That's the law of giving.
you think of the law of, you know, the, the, the basic law of gravity, what is it? What goes up must come. That's the law of gravity. That's why you see the astronauts in zero gravity and they're just floating. Why? Because there's no gravity. That law doesn't exist there. Well, in the law of giving, you get what you give. Bible calls it sowing and reaping. What you put in, you are going to receive back. And God says, and then some. And then some. Not only do you just get back what you what you gave, God says, I'm gonna give you in abundance. I'm gonna, it's gonna be overflowing in your life. Why? Because I want you to understand this principle of giving. You make it so minuscule by getting so focused on this tithing thing. The church just wants my money. How many of you ever heard that before? How many of you ever said that? <laughs> I don't wanna see any hands. The church just wants my money. Guess what, it's not your money. It's not your money. Stop trying to claim things that aren't really yours to begin with. And God doesn't want your money. He wants you. He wants you. Surrender to him. Those that are watching tonight, he doesn't want your money. He wants you. Don't get tripped up on this money thing. That's the enemy trying to lie. God wants your heart. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to see you blessed. But he says, oh, oh this, this individual, they keep robbing me of the opportunity of blessing them. Oh, if they would just release. I could bless them. I could bless them. I can free them from money worries. I can free them from money stresses, from money fears. I can free them if they would just trust me and give. God's word says that giving without love would gain you nothing. 1 Corinthians 13, 3, if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Nothing. The Bible says that giving without love gains you know that you can't love without giving think about it think about it the things that you love you give to whether it be an individual whether it be a hobby if you love something you give to it you give your finances you give your time do you love God do you love your church Let's give.
Let's practice this law of giving in our lives. Test God in this. See if he will not open the windows of heaven, as he says in his word, and pour upon your life true blessings. True blessings. As I have seen in my life, as my children have seen in their lives, as my parents have seen in their lives, and you have seen in yours as well. When you give, you allow God to bless you. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. The times that I've held back in my life is the times where it seemed like money just flowed through my hands like I was carrying water in my hands. It was gone. Somehow God supernaturally multiplies. That's his blessings upon your life. As you practice this law of giving, he blesses. And he is true to his word. Let's give God praise this evening. Let's give him praise this evening. He's worthy of praise. He's worthy of praise. He loves you. He loves you with an unconditional love. He loves you like, like no one else has ever loved you. As every head is bowed, every eye closed.